But you're not bitter. No, 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 no. Welcome, everyone, and pull up a seat at the table. It's lunchtime in Rome. Tonight is episode 102, entitled Mary Lynn Plushkowski. Retired Brigadier General Chaplain Robert F. Plushkowski joined us last episode to talk about his career of comfort. He is Mary Lynn's husband, and she is here to talk about what it's like to run the home front while her husband was away, and much, much more. First-time listeners can subscribe on your favorite podcast app or listen directly on lunchtimeinrome.com. While there, you can take our relational needs questionnaire. Make sure to follow us on all social media, and if you can, give us a five-star review. Jay, what specifically is this podcast about? No matter who you are, at some point in time in your life, you will feel alone. Being alone is as bad as anything gets. If things are great, but you feel alone, well, they're not as good as they could be. If things are bad and you're alone, well... Things just got so much worse. There's a Bible verse, Romans 12, 15, which states, Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. That is how you keep people from feeling alone and what this podcast is all about. Each week, we go over what's good or bad in our lives, along with some food talk, to model rejoicing and mourning. We then hit the main topic, which tonight is Mary Lynn, and we finish with some do-betters and can't-do-betters as well. So while it may not be 12.15 in Rome, we're treating it like it is lunchtime in Rome. Hi, Brian. Hi, Jay. What's going on? My sister's here. I know. And I like that Chris said that Bob is her husband, that she's not Bob's (laughs) wife. Right, right. Well done, Chris. Thank you, thank you. So... um, Yes, Mary Lynn's here. We'll introduce her in a second. Um, I'm going to just begin by talking about my ups and downs, good, bad, and food, uh, highs and lows, all that stuff. Um, I would say my food, let's start. just start with there. I've been making so much caprese salad. Um, <laughs> I, I just love it so much. I can't get enough of it right now. You mentioned so, that just a few weeks did ago. I, did I, I mention it? Yeah, okay, and that's well, okay, but that's it's great. That's all... That's I'm just eat- and I've, I've like so many tomatoes. I've eaten so many tomatoes. I saw recently. your Instagram picture. Your tomato. Where did you get a ripe tomato? <sighs> Aldi. Oh, and it was best. so good. It was so good. And it was good. It was still good. A winter tomato. A winter tomato. A Canadian I- greenhouse grown <laughs> I- Aldi tomato. I ate it tonight, and well, I ate it yesterday and tonight on a, a sandwich tonight, and it was delicious. Fresh mozzarella. But mm-hmm. I had it on the sandwich. I didn't have mozzarella, but I'm also making the caprese salad with. Uh, fresh fresh mozzarella yeah. yeah 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 that sounds so delicious and i have to say too if ever there was going to be like a legit first sponsor for this show it should be aldi how many times <laughs> do we mention aldi in a positive light yeah you know? it's true um yeah so the the caprese salad and i've kind of perfected it at this point a little bit of garlic powder a little bit of um other stuff so that's been good um I, I think my good is a couple things from this weekend. Um, it was Valentine's Day weekend. And so um, Alexis, my wife, got me probably the most unique gift uh, maybe I've ever been given. Um, and it, it was a shout out from <laughs> somebody from the movie The Lost Boys. Um, it was one of, you know, like a B or C, C grade actor, musician. But um, do tell what is a shout out? 
a shout out. So it's there's this uh, app called Cameo, and you can pay like a like a yes. We I almost did it for Alexis's 40th birthday. I almost got Sean Aston. Um, nice Bilbo or um, uh, uh, Samwise, Samwise yeah. or Rudy. Um, ah, yes, he's also in or Stranger Mikey, Things. Mikey from Goodies. Mikey from Goodies. Go- goodies, no. not Goodies. Uh, I thought you meant Mikey because I like, give it to Mikey, he'll eat it. Oh, he yeah. died with Pop Rocks and Coke. Oh, uh-huh. is that true? Or that, is that sounds totally sure legit. Not true at all. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Don't think he died. I think he ate that cat that said meow 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 because that one died too. <laughs> okay, because he put his finger in a in a uh, telephone booth. Uh, change return, and he got hit with AIDS. Oh, right, off of like a little, a little needle uh, pinprick. That's what right, they yeah. Do. Mm-hmm. right. Yeah, yeah you got to watch out for those things. Sorry, uh, that's okay. So, um, so she got me this. It's a personalized shout out where this guy, this actor, his name's Tim Capello. He's actually more of a musician, but he was in the Lost Boys. He had the sa- the saxophone scene, and it's one of my favorite movies. And it's just such a an eighties moment in that in that movie. Um, but so, anyways, like he he did this probably five minute like, hey Brian, I'm just sending, and it was just so unique and like totally out of left field, totally unexpected. So that was cool. Um, I was off. Uh, Monday for President's Day and just kind of hung, was able to hang around and really do nothing, just hang around in, at the house. And we were supposed to get this, you know, apocalyptic storm that we ended up getting some rain. And, and, but it, so I we didn't, didn't go anywhere. And it was just kind of like one of those hunkered down days. Um, played some board games, which, you know, I, I don't do that often, but mm. it was nice to do that. Um, had some good quality time with, um, Lex and the kids and, and and then the, the the down also I think involves the kids and it 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 weighs on me. Um, I feel like right now Ethan's a little bit of a wraith, like a little bit of just a <laughs> comes up from the basement and there's no eye contact and it's it's just very much like I don't know it's it's hard to connect with him right now. Right. And um, you know it, it, I know that he's 13. I know that this is a kind of an age where that stuff happens. And he's been locked down for a well. Year. That's and that's the other thing. Like that's that's what also frustrates me so much is he's not really able to go live a normal life like most you know kids his age now and so that gets me a little upset um and that goes to the whole you know bigger world view of everything and 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 you know so that's it all ties together um and it's the butter at the top of the slippery slope kind of it's really rubbing me raw right now right um having having some trouble with it so um because it's in your house right like you can shut it out when Mm -hmm. it's the world and okay everything's gonna be all right and then you're like no because he's not all right right and i can't fix it right and 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 then so i you know tonight like tonight at dinner i was like hey bud you know what do you need from me what's what's going on what can i do he's like i'm good and that's it like that and and i think he meant like genuinely i'm good like i'm fine sure or i'm good with like i don't need anything from you which you know also kind of sucks but um so, you know, and, and then I have to watch myself. And I told Lex, like, I have to watch myself that I don't get disproportionately having a, a response of, of going to anger or shutting him out or down, you know, because I, I tend to do that when I get a little bit hurt. You know, I, I, I shut down myself sometimes. So, you know, and, and I think that being able to um, to, to have, a, have a conversation like this at the table certainly helps to recognize those moments where maybe two years ago I would have looked at that situation a completely different way, mm. gone right to anger, gone right to, you know, just probably saying and doing things that would go in the letter. And what's scary in your situation is you'd have done that, but you don't feel bad. So then 
you would have started to feel bad and put that somewhere else. Right. And then anger is going to squirt out somewhere else. Right. So, no, that's awesome that you're where you are. Yeah. Sucks where you are. Sure. But good yeah. where you are. Bella, today I came inside and I turned, it was like 5 30. Oh. And I turned on the light. She goes, oh, the inside sun. <laughs> <laughs> that is such a Bella line. <laughs> Brian, can I um, give a shout out to Ethan, though, as far as like he I have so appreciated his participation mm-hmm. in the tech team lately. He yeah. is just, uh, you know, yeah. in that respect, he has been, I think, maturing yeah. and, and maybe coming out of his show a little bit. And he comes up to you know me every week and and has something to 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 either t- tell me that you know about something that's happening in the service or asking me something or and he just he's he's I don't know he's mm-hmm. he's putting his 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 putting himself out there. Yeah, I think in in that respect. So I don't know. Kudos to him in in that regard. So maybe he's you know. And I really appreciate hearing that because it is it it really brings to light what this table's about because like I can be so fixated on one aspect of what I see, but you see something different, which is positive that if, it, if I didn't have this, it would just be this tunnel vision that I mm. could get locked into. So I, I appreciate you saying that. And you know, I, in that same vein, uh, we should point out that Eric is once again, dutifully running the, uh, the soundboard. He is here. Um, but is he, Eric, you can nod, uh, is Ethan still being involved with your gaming ministry, three day respawn? That's another example of another outlet. And what's cool about that is Michelle, who is, uh, always at the table each week. I don't know if she's here yet or not. I was speaking with her texting back and forth about her sons. And she said her one son's more of a loner Mm -hmm. and he just plays video games and doesn't have a ton of friends. And so I, I told her about three day respawn and told her about Ethan and just said how he's a similar kid, but he does have friends, mm-hmm. but there's a way of getting it out. And so maybe, and I was like, maybe they could not have friends together. <laughs> like, I didn't know, but I was like, I ran onto it like a brick wall, but I was like, yeah. you know, your kid's sad and lonely. Brian's kid's sad, not really lonely, just quiet. Right. Something. Yeah. And, and, and it's just who he is, you know, and I, and I have to recognize that and I can't force him to, to do anything. All I can do is control what I do, you know, and continue to go after his heart at the same time, which is, you and know, you do it well. I, the I fact that you sat down and it. said to him, what do you need from me? Right. I mean, raise your hand. How many of our fathers sat us down and said, Hey, emotionally, son, <laughs> daughter, yeah. what do you know? Remember how dad would always do that? <laughs> He'd come in and say, You know, I just had a big day at Westinghouse and <laughs> cheating on your mother. But what I need to know is, How are you? Well, speaking no? speaking of, how are you, Mary Lynn? This is Mary Lynn Pleszkowski. There she is. Um, and uh, you may say, why does that name sound so familiar? Well, it's because her husband was here two weeks ago on this very podcast. So please tell us a little bit about yourself. What's good? What's bad? What would you eat? Well, a little bit about myself. I didn't <laughs> know about that. Which part. is how are things lately? Things are great. Because, and I was going to save this for my point, and I don't want to you know, embarrass you anymore. Sorry. We've never had as much anticipation for a guest. <laughs> 38 comments when you shared it. 38 comments on our post about Marilyn being on the air. Bob was like four. <laughs> three were grandma. And she just didn't know she did it three times. So it's people know you. So you don't have to introduce yourself. 90% okay. of the people here know you. Okay, good. I just wanted to say that I am thrilled to be here. I'm honored that I was invited. 
even if it came because I was Bob's wife or there whatever. It is. There <laughs> it is. Nobody said that. <laughs> that wait, I just wanted to say I'm sorry. I, I got stuck for a minute. I just wanted to say I think being 13 is a really hard year. Yeah, it's a tough even year. without a worldwide mm-hmm. pandemic. Yeah. So. Yeah. We'll we'll get to a point. Something I learned being a chaplain wife. And it, it said, give yourself grace. So mm. I just think, like, we just need to give everybody an extra mm-hmm. pass because it's been a hard year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, I'm just really Appreciate happy that. to be home. I'm really happy to be here. And that's it. You got your new job? I got a couple new jobs. Uh, well, Seneca. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. You and got then, a new, new job at the church. And I was going to say, <laughs> yeah, as a substitute keyboard player and... At Seneca and at Riverview. So Bob coaching. said, uh, you'll be working 80 hours a week. I'm like, pretty soon. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> so that's it. Well, we're glad to have you. Thank you. And I guess it's my turn. So sure, I'm going to go for it. She's done? Yeah. We'll get back to her in a minute. So don't hang Dang up it. if you're watching. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I actually, I don't have any bads this week. So that's that's a good in itself, right? But um, my good centers around again uh to to echo brian's sentiment about valentine's day weekend um which also happened to be president's day weekend which extended it a little so that was nice and amy and i were able to um to get away we did a little overnight we didn't go far we went uh, all the way all the eight miles down to downtown pittsburgh nice and um just sort of had a shopping afternoon on Sunday and and dinner out. Oh, and that ties into my food. We went to Nakama for the first time. Now we've nice. we've done hibachi before, but this is uh, you know maybe it's a little step up from mm-hmm. from some other places. Wait, you went to hibachi? Yeah, they're open and, and actually working. Like I'm, 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 it's it's yeah. it's a very communal kind they, of experience. They have they have you know a little bit more separated seating, but there sure. was another couple like across the table from us. Okay, yeah. mm-hmm. all right, good. That's good to hear because I yeah. like I was just telling Lex I miss a bocce. Like right. I haven't been. No, to one yeah, in a while. it's open. The chef was masked, but still hilarious and uh-huh. and and did all the tricks and and it was you know just deliciously prepared food and we had a great time with good. that. So that's good. that's my food story. That's awesome. And um and we just you know we had a a, a really nice time. We we actually stayed overnight in downtown pittsburgh eight miles from our kids so so it wasn't it was not a long distance getaway but it was a nice little getaway Mm -hmm. so that's it yeah that's good no i was you know we were all like man they're going away like you know like rachel and i we do absolutely um nothing for valentine's day i bought a really scary cat thing at uh goodwill it's like a a tape dispenser thing but it's very creepy it was hideous looking yeah, yeah. everybody's bought joe is like why is this in our house is, isn't that it's like i saw the picture it's like it's mouth yeah the, the mouth tape is where comes the tape sits of. in it's like got this big wide it's open huge. mouth and then you put I pens it, in its back i thought it was like one of those like a spoon rest like when for cooking it could it yeah. could be but my point is we do nothing you know a little bit of this and you're like yeah we're going out to eat we're spending overnight in the boutique hotels like well, all right guess we'll be doing that soon we don't <laughs> always do something big like that so but yes normally you go to Oak Coke, whatever. <laughs> that's why I wore the shirt. Uh, that's Thanksgiving, Jay, not Valentine's Day. <laughs> but I, I'm excited. You had to, and then you finished it with a very high-priced, very expensive uh, breakfast. Oh, we did. We went to IHOP. There you go. <laughs> nice. What'd you get? Um, I tend to not lean toward the pancake thing. They're like heavy, Amy's, man. They're heavy. They, they are. And I, I overdid it. This, is, this brings up a good... So maybe this is my bad of the week. Um, we go there... Because they have gluten-free waffles, 
and Amy, of course, is gluten free and but wants the waffles, right? So, hey, IHOP mm-hmm. is a great spot mm-hmm. for that. And so we went, and they were having this deal. <laughs> I usually get like you know, like at Eaton Park, the the breakfast smile. Mm-hmm. I got get like the equivalent of that: couple mm-hmm. eggs, couple slices of bacon, hash browns, right? That's my go-to. I don't. I don't. I'm not usually the sweet guy. Um, but they had this deal mm-hmm. that it was all you can eat pancakes oh. with that my normal like combo, my normal hash mm-hmm. brown and, and bacon thing, and it was like no more expensive. I was like, well, I got to do this. And so then after I finished my initial plate, I told the guy, I'm like, I'm going to, I, I want to eat my regular breakfast and, and the pancakes will be like dessert. Gosh, man. So I had food. to eat some pancakes. You have to. You Talk have to. Uh, I, I, he brought me three. I finished three. Dude. You about, finished three pancakes. About 10 minutes later, man. I, I could have floated away. Like I was, or maybe not because it was so heavy too, but I just felt so full. Oh, like I, I thought was you like, could say you did three more or something. No, like that. I was just like blowing up like a balloon, like, but a dense, you know what I mean? Like oh, it was filling yeah. my oh, stomach yeah. and I was just like, bloat. Bloat, that's what I said. It was yep. delicious, but bloat. holy February cow. February 15th, 2021, Chris <laughs> Davidson became a man <laughs> and almost died. <laughs> it's so foreign to me. Three pancakes. Gosh. Wow. On top of a regular breakfast. Yeah, it was oh. not. It I was not the I smartest. I haven't IHOP in a long time. Now, the Waffle House, man. I'll tell you about some Waffle House. I've, I had that down in Mississippi recently. Yeah, I was going to say that's more a southern Waffle thing. House, Mississippi. That's a story. Oh, yeah. I mean, sometime. <laughs> Not now. <laughs> that's a, it was a work trip. That's about it. Yeah. But it was close to my hotel. Well, I, uh, I saw, there's nothing better than, the, I mean, there's nothing better than the overnight with the missus. Mm. Oh, absolutely. I love it. Love it. Love it. I mean, Rachel's the one that sort of puts the, you know, now our kids are old enough. We can do it. She was always, well, you know, the kids be okay. Whatever. <laughs> So for me, um, you know, what's good besides, of course, my, my lovely sister being here, it's a good time right now. Everything's good. I've been productive. Um, you know, today I got the van fixed and it was only 248 bucks. Rachel came home with all the lights. She was Rachel came home. She goes, the lights are on. I said, which one? She goes, well, all of them. <laughs> I said, how long have they, uh, they've been on? Well, you know, the one, cause we did have one that's been on for a while that somebody told me it wasn't a big deal, but Ended up just, we got the oil change. That took care of a couple lights, including the tire light. And then I took it to... Uh, the oil change took care of the tire pressure. <laughs> well, because you go and get your oil changed. They fixed and the, uh, the tire pressure. Okay. Oh, yeah. My right. man, Will, took care of me, a Valvoline. That was a nice story. Uh, Will's, you know, one of the neighbors across the street. Yeah. Nice. He's the manager there. And uh, then... The uh, the oxygen sensor took care of three other lights. Oh yeah, like two hundred forty eight bucks. I was like, I give it two fifty. Whatever. <laughs> <you know. laughs> um, what's bad? If I had anything, you know, I I preached a pretty aggressive sermon on Sunday, and I was excited to do it. And it's sort of the theme that keeps coming up, which is don't let your cause be greater than the, your calling, or bigger than the cross. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, somebody has uh, emailed me today saying they were leaving the church, Aww. and. And it wasn't, in, they didn't mention that sermon, mm-hmm. but they brought politics into it. And of course, I've, like I always do, I was aggressive towards both sides. Mm-hmm. And I check with different people like, you know, did I bother you? Did I bother you? You know, I want to bother you a little bit, but I want to make sure I bother you equally. Yeah, you want to, you want to, you know, call out people, uh, maybe not call out, but you want to 
challenge people. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I'm never, I'm I thought never it was going great. to allow anybody's cause to go higher than the cross. I just won't. Right. So that's why, even though it's bad, and I also got one negative frowny face during the sermon. Rachel, I get done with my sermon, and Rachel shows me the frowny face. I'm like, what? Can, can you let it breathe a little woman? I mean, I just sat down. You not know? the same person, though. I no, guess. different person, okay. other side of the aisle, ironically Aww. enough. Um, not literally, but figuratively. But in, in as much as that's bad, that's good. Because, hey, I'm going to stand for that. And, and if, if, if people, you want to leave my church because I said that God's got to matter more than your call, than your cause, mm-hmm. bye. Right. He yeah. said affectionately <laughs> and like a pastor. But so that's a good thing. But Brian's tough. making a face for. Uh, I'm, I'm feeling the toughness <laughs> making of a it face for, for you. Pot. I don't know how you're feeling. It's, no, it's sad. Yeah. It's more sad because I feel okay. bad for the person that gets upset. Yeah. Um, because I'm like, really? You know, because I haven't changed. So maybe you did. Right. Um, I applaud you for doing that because you did mention earlier last week, and I'm glad that you went through with it. And you should be challenging people to the point where it's uncomfortable. And if you can't handle that uncomfortableness, yeah, go find a place where you're just going to sit and exist. You know, like that Christianity is not a safe sport. It is not a it is not a passive thing that you do. I'm getting fired up. <laughs> Sorry, um, it's all right. this is why sometimes I hesitate to talk. But I know, but I that, that to that to me shows I'm spitting in everything now. Like that to me shows <laughs> That's why we use the same mics every week. <laughs> you know, it just shows that yes, that the the word is a sword. You know, it, the word is a sword, and you didn't delve into politics one way or the other. You know, I mean, you you, you I certainly you so how can you not because everything today is political, right? Sure, everything he, today he addressed it. Because it's so, and the divide, the political yeah. divide is so invasive in our culture right now, you right. know? And so oh, yeah. I applaud you for addressing mm-hmm. it. I appreciate it. Yeah. No, it was, I appreciate all that. Um, to that end, uh, food-wise, no no uh, segue. Uh, I'm over a month now into my carnivore mm-hmm. uh, experience, for lack of a better term. And it's it's easy, man. It's so easy. It's when you sweat now, I can almost hear the little cows going <laughs> like uh, little, little sheens of sweat on your forehead. What's funny is today, like, his sweat is oil. <laughs> and what's funny is so like today, I uh, beef fat, uh, lard actually, but, um, tallow is the yeah, word I was looking right, for tallow. But it's funny cause today, like for breakfast, I had two eggs, a piece of sausage and like eight pieces of bacon. And then for lunch, <laughs> I had two chicken thighs. And there's a little snack before I came over. I had a little kielbasa because I was going to come with the plush cowskis over yeah. here. And some cheese. And then I'll go home. And I was like, you know, I haven't had any red meat. Mm. So I'll go home and I'll have, a, I'll have a steak later. But my butter base game is on point. I've gotten finally good at that. You always see chefs doing that. And I was never very good at it. Didn't really impart all the flavors. You put the garlic and the thyme and everything else. So that's all. It's enough about me. It's been fun. It's been good. It's easy. It's so easy. It's hilarious. Um, I'm never hungry. I have to, you know, it's just good. Um, awesome. But I'm sure you feel bloated, huh? No, I, I haven't quite had that pancake experience. Would you, yeah. Yeah. If meat, I would wonder, meat I pancakes. would eat three pancakes right now. Haven't been gluten free for five years and now not had a carb in five weeks. What would happen? I would probably die twice. As it is. You know, when uh, that was going to be a bad segue about dying. <laughs> dying um, twice. You know, Army's dangerous. <laughs> Speaking of dying, I'm dying to talk to my sister. There it is. <laughs> um, but we are very excited. And we said this is a hybrid episode because Mary Lynn is both a special guest, but also she's been at the table every week. And we are just 
going to begin by looking at all the things Bob talked about. Bob was very accurate and very wise as he talked last week about his career of comfort as a chaplain in the Army and many other things. How important it was to have a wife at home that could be an excellent mother. And he mentioned the village and everybody else. But that's where we want to start off. You know, how much when, when Bob says, hey, I signed up and, and I'm going away, going to Fort Drum and then I'm going away. What were the challenges that, it, that you faced both in being the strong mother, the supportive wife, and then the, the sister slash whatever that needs support that you don't really need a lot of? According well, you, to your emotional needs question. You know, it's really funny because Bob, for 14 years, was a part-time chaplain. Mm-hmm. Air quotes she's putting on for part-time. <laughs> but towards the end, with the shortage, his one weekend a month was really three weekends a month. Plus, he was in postgraduate school to become a school psychologist. Sure. So he would leave home Friday morning for work, and then we wouldn't see him till Sunday night at like 10 o'clock at night and then everything else i mean full time before he was gone he was gone before he was gone Mm. yeah so but you know i i was telling brian you i mean a lot of what i did especially in that period of time is not unlike what a lot of other wives do when their husband goes on business trips you do what you gotta do (laughs) you know um and then 9-11 happened, and one day he said, um, Chaplain Stone wants to meet with you out by the airport. I was like... You? Yeah, and oh. Bob. And I'm like, all right. He's like, do you know how to turn off the water? I was like, yeah. He's like, okay, well, your husband's going to get mobilized pretty soon. And the next day he got orders in hand to go to Afghanistan. Mm. So It's a hell of a mobilization. <laughs> but that's we met him at Eaton Park out by the airport, and he said... But he wanted to know, could I handle things at home? So that was 2003. He was in Afghanistan. Then he came back for two years, and the Army really liked him. And so actually he said no once, but in 2005, halfway through, he's like, "Um, I really would like to go active Guard Reserve AGR. And on, we talked about the numbers compared to what he was earning. And I was like, okay, see ya. <laughs> you know, like retirement and things like that. So that Afghanistan was tricky, you know, that year. But, you know, you can't minimize a village. No matter who you are or where you are, you can't do it alone. Mm-hmm. And so, and and I worked at Presley Ridge in 2003. And they were all wonderful. And I was working at St. James. And they were all wonderful. So, you know, you have that support. So, you, I never felt alone. Except maybe on Christmas Eve when I was, like, trying to be Santa Claus and mm-hmm. keep the house quiet. And do, you know, and I was would like, you be my more heart- sad, more overwhelmed, or more angry, like, in a moment like that? When you're like, damn it, you should be here. No. None. Just... Consumed with, no, well, consumed with getting it done. You just have to do, you have to do, you have to do it. The army says it just is. Right. So that So you, you sort of took on that mantra. You don't have any choice. Yeah. I mean, you, you cannot take on the mantra, but it's not going to change. You know, like I had two boys. They were nine and 13 when Bob was in Afghanistan. So... You know, I didn't have little kids, but you can't minimize, you know, it was just, I was thinking about this driving over and probably the hard, not the hardest times, but 
there were days when I was like, okay, I can do this, you know, Mm -hmm. and I would get to work and I called it the, you probably heard this, the crooked head syndrome. Somebody would say, Mary Lynn, how are you? Oh, yeah. And she's <laughs> and then tilting I would, like, her head. I had to run in the bathroom because I'd be crying. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then I would get myself together and then I'd be okay. But, you know, you'd have your instances like when the septic tank backed up, you know, or things like that. But any military spouse has to deal with that or any spouse whose husband or spouse mm-hmm. travels has sure. to deal with that. But that doesn't minimize your experience. I, I'm good at minimizing <laughs> That's what I'm taking because you're like, no, you just got to do what you got to do, and you got. Yeah, well, to. that's why you end up crying in the bathroom at work. Yeah, mm-hmm. because so, you, so you the put work. it off for so long. Then when somebody breaks through, well, I you made don't a want vow. It. I made a vow to myself that I was never going to f- cry in front of the boys while mm. Bob was gone because I wanted to give them security. Mm. That wow, your my dad, and because they were at an age where it's scary, you know, my dad, and things were crazy then i mean not that they're good in afghanistan now because i don't think they are but Mm -hmm. i just vowed that i was going to be their rock Mm. and so rocks don't cry in front of their kids it wasn't until Mm -hmm. the viewing for trey i think was the Mm -hmm. first time the boys saw me cry because i said i'll be okay as long as trey's girlfriend doesn't come (laughs) and i turned my head and there she was i was like oh well forget (laughs) it (laughs) but no that was my thing so and as you talked about you know we encourage everybody who listens to sit at the table is to take their relational needs questionnaire. Marilyn has done that. And I think it's interesting in that, in that time, you know, Marilyn has, is a trend setting or a unique individual that has negative score for support, which is needing help from people, wanting help from people, I should say, and negative for encouragement, which is having people believe in her. And so you were thrust into a time in life where you had to have people help you, which is one thing. But the other is when the person at work tries to comfort you, and you're like, nope, closed. <laughs> See you later. I'm going to go be in the bathroom. I just, I needed support. You drove to Syracuse to get Bob's car. I mean, I needed support, but not before I was going to be working with children with behavioral issues. I needed to be on my game. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is what she did for how many years? 25 and a half. Wow. Yeah. Marilyn which, has which, been. Marilyn has had desks thrown at her. Yeah. She has tackled kids, uh, hurt herself doing that many times. Things you're probably not allowed to do today. Yeah, yeah. The rules have changed. <laughs> You've tripped yeah. a few kids. I, I don't <laughs> no, know. not on purpose. Although well, no, one I did, one boy, and he ended up going to Tennessee. So he really wanted to run away. <laughs> he was committed. He was. I stopped him that day, but. And and as a teacher, I will say. I mean, I did not teach where where you did but um yeah, you kind of do <laughs> not the same but um you know you you still i mean no you're supposed to be hands off and everything but you do what you have to do to protect the kid or other kids or whatever and and when you're in that sort of situation then you're still allowed to do that i mean the you know you, you still a danger have to, themselves, to do some of those a danger to others right serious property damage. right well, i mean right. I don't. I don't have really a bone in my body to help most anybody, really. Um, but like, I mean, that field right there. Like, so I I, I worked at uh, down in Wilkinsburg at a um, community center, um, help trying to teach um, like high school and junior high kids computer skills. This is about I don't know twenty years ago now. But every day was a roller coaster because I mean these kids had so many different behavioral problems. And I was a, you know, I was just a single 
you know, 23 year old guy at the time. And I can't imagine what it's, what was like for you to deal with that, that, cause I hear what Rachel that, you know, deals with too down at the school for the day. Like she, you know, she gets punched and bit and, and, and that's the other teachers. Hey, <laughs> hey, that's not true. Um, but you know, so there's, there's that whole field of it's like it, it is social services. It's, it's emotional, you know, just working through people's emotions. Plus you have your own set of, all right, I go home and I don't know. Maybe my husband comes home today. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he makes it through the day. Maybe he doesn't. And, you know, that's, that's, it's, it's like almost a, a double whammy. That's a lot of strength that you had to have, I guess, in public. But then in your, in your quiet moments, where did you go? What did you do? How did you, how did you cope? Well, keep in mind, like, I love those kids at school. Like the sure. kids and the staff, you know what I mean? Like that you wasn't definitely gifted. I didn't love cold. getting desks thrown at me, but I uh, love those kids. You know what I mean? And I love you. Just not when you throw. I don't love when you throw desks well, at me. They had a lot of people that didn't love them, which or, or they tried to love them, but maybe didn't show it the right way. So for whatever reason, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I, part of part of me, I think, too, like maybe it was the way we were raised, but mm. I just it's just kind of like. You just get up every day and whatever you're meant to do, you do what you got to do. Do what you got to do. And Bob was in the army and he was away. And but but I had great help. I mean, with the boys and I don't know. It Mm -hmm. was just I don't think what I did was remarkable. Mm. What a hundred other, a thousand million other mothers haven't done. You said. not you said it's interesting to me because I worked at the same place. Marilyn Marilyn actually trained me at one point in time for my job. And as the younger brother who picked on his older sister, which it's not supposed to work that way, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but believe it or not, I had a sharp tongue. I know (laughs) that is shocking. Crazy. But so I go in to this training and it was like a Mary Lynn I had never met before. Mm-hmm. It was, she had such control, such confidence, mm-hmm. such wisdom. And I was in awe of what she had to teach. And so you were and are an expert in that field. Now, that being the case, got to be the rock, got to move forward. You have been so engaging with me as we talk about emotional needs and everything else. Looking backwards, would you have done anything differently raising the kids through that time period? You know, I thought about that. And... The short answer is no, because... You have two wonderful young men. Uh, yes, I do. Yes, I do. <laughs> Very wonderful. But, number one, I truly believe people do the best they can every day. Nobody gets out of bed and says, I'm going to try to do a... Mm. Uh, some days I'm just like, ah, 50% Sorry. I'm good. I'll mail <laughs> this one in. in. Mothers. See, maybe mothers, that, maybe. Maybe that's what's remarkable about you. You get out of bed every day and she's ready to do your best. It's probably part of my problem is I really <laughs> just want to do the best I can every day. So to me to talk, I was, if I could like call me and be like, hey, lighten up, have more fun. I probably wouldn't have heard it anyway. Right. But, but really I did the best I could and, and Bob survived and. And that's a testimony because if you don't perform, let's call it what it is. If you don't perform like you did, something falls. You know, one of those three isn't going to be that way. And, and probably, arguably, the most important individual, which is the relationship between Marilyn and Bob, because that is a new creation when you get married. That stumbles, I'm sure, a lot in the military. Yeah. 
Yeah, and so it for, really does. It really does. And so what a testimony that you protected not your son, not both sons and your husband and yourself, but the, the sanctity of your marriage as well is a true testimony to how hard you worked and everything else. Um, and so I commend you for that. Thank I wanted you. To, I wanted to ask you about some music stuff. Sure. If I may. Sure. So um, you went to Duquesne University and you studied piano i went there twice no no well, first i was music education okay voice was my primary voice instrument. okay piano was secondary okay second time i got my master's in special ed oh nice okay and so and that translates into uh working later at presley ridge and but you had said you um you were at saint J- what saint james were you at swickley okay and that's a catholic saint mm-hmm. james i assume i did right. some work with npm the National Association of Pastoral Musicians on the national and local level. They asked me what the acronym was, and I was like, National <laughs> Cantors. <laughs> yeah, what does M's. that what does that entail? Like, who did you oh, work with, lot. and what were you in charge of? And Well, what happened was, to get to the first part of the question, was we had a national convention in Pittsburgh in 1999, and through that, I made a connection with people at St. James, and they needed an associate music director. Mm-hmm. So that's how I ended up out there, and I ended up being in charge of the youth choir, the teenage choir, okay. the cantors. I would help out with the handbells. I would substitute on the weekend. Not substitute, but I would play for masses on the weekends. Yeah, nice. Yeah. So you were doing, you were teaching the cantors, mm-hmm. but also teaching a youth choir. Right. I mean, the cantors didn't really need to be taught. It was more like coordinating. I worked with cantors on the national level, you know, teaching them how to be more welcoming not divas yeah you know and and work with them to be more liturgical more pastoral better and good musicians at the same times too because sometimes were you in charge of the newsletter the liturgical singer that was different yeah oh that's that was, a, that was a different <laughs> thing the national liturgical singer uh-huh. publication uh-huh. but yes. multiple multiple facets to that yes. so so to bring it back to to um emotional needs then i'll, I'll go with the children's choir like um reflecting on that because i you don't do that one anymore right no yes no so reflecting back on that how was it interacting with those kids and as far as emotional needs and and um just being that figure in front of them each week for you know choral purposes were you were you uh one of the very strict choir masters or were you more of a the friendly both person okay good both because we would meet and they were ninth through 12th graders so we would meet in the afternoon and have something to eat and drink beforehand. And then we would socialize and I would talk to the kids and get to know them. But then when it was time to work, then it was time to work. Cell phones go away. We work. But I love those kids. They're- yeah. And where, what time, what time period of your life was the bulk of that? Like where's 19, Bob at that time period? Uh, 19, it was 1999 to 2006. So Bob was here for part of it and then he went full time in 2006. So he left in January 2006 and I left in April 2006. But you also were involved with Quaker Valley's musicals at the same at the same time or after that? That was 11 years. It was a little bit later. That was 2006 to 2016. And was that a release and a release? Oh, that was fun. That was I mean St. James was fun too. It sure. was work, but it was But fun. I mean your life was so heavy and so full that that could be sort of an outlet. Yes. Yeah. At that time as well. Yeah. And now that you're getting back into some of that, yeah, because um, now you're helping out with uh, 
Riverview. Riverview's musical. Is this now, I mean, Bob recently retired, obviously. Is this like a new, I don't know, like a, a new energetic excitement that you have to be getting back into this with well, with less weight on your shoulders, maybe? I don't know, because I always carry the weight of the world on my shoulders. <laughs> it just depends on what weight. But it's like we came home in October, and so we're trying to figure it out. You know what I mean? Because sure. he didn't have 20 years of active federal service, so he doesn't have a full pension. And we're still young. You know, We a friend of ours says, you're only as old as you act. Yeah. So I think I'm like 17, 18. <laughs> and Bob will tell you he's about 73 or 74. <laughs> he will tell you that. He told me that when he was 30 years old. So I'm like ready to go for a long time. I mean, Poppy worked until he was 83. Two or whatever, right? Yeah, right. So we're just trying to figure out what I hate this phrase, COVID wise, new normal. Mm -hmm. But we're just trying to figure it out. So I'm just really excited because some of these things are really fun. That yeah. like playing the keyboard. I love just. Oh, we're so glad. And you called yourself a substitute. You're not a substitute. Oh, you are oh. our new keyboard player, oh, along with Mike, of course. Oh, but well, we're very excited to have you, Mike. Mike has chops. That's. I'm Absolutely, but so do you. I, I have well, to give you a you. bit of a shout out because it's so funny because you call yourself a perfectionist, or at least you did to me for the first time this week. I'm trying to not be, but it'll take a while. Mary Lynn texted me uh, a week ago, mm -hmm. something like that, because she was getting ready for for her her upcoming gig job with us on on the keyboard. I like the way you describe worship. <laughs> gig <laughs> job. It's a worship gig thing. And um, she's like, I can't do this song. I'm sorry. You can get somebody else if you need to. Like, I, I'm just not going to have it ready. And I'm like, it's okay. We'll it was changing registrations and... Oh, yeah. That whole thing. <laughs> yep. It'll be fine. Right. She's dealing settings. with a new keyboard, yeah. settings on the keyboard and whatnot. And she was worried about it. I said, it'll be fine. We can simplify it however you need us to. We'll do whatever. And, and you know, we can... This is what we do. We work together. We figure it out. It'll be fine. She comes into rehearsal yesterday. Brian, back me up on this. First time through the song, everything's fine, no problem. Right, I did, totally didn't notice. Yeah, there were no, like, there were no gaffes. I mean, no I nothing. noticed, I noticed that she played the part well. There was no any kind of yeah. You didn't when you were done. She, you didn't go. Huh, she did it right. Or, or oh my goodness, what have we done? I, I think I turned around right. and glared at you, and you're like, "What's going on?" I'm like. What's the problem? Yeah. Everything's fine. You said I was worried. <laughs> I said so was I. Which is interesting because one of your highest needs on the relational needs questionnaire is acceptance, which is not being accepted into a group. Right. It's being loved even though you've made mistakes. And like you've said, you're a perfectionist and you've always strived. I mean, the, the, the story I love to tell that I'll tell forever is she and I had the same trigonometry <laughs> teacher, Mr. Hemphill, and she got her very first... B, but I'm over that now. Oh, good. <laughs> over that now. How many more math classes did you take after that? Zero. Because she got a B in wow. trig, and so she's out. Mm -hmm. I'm done. But here's my question. You're a perfectionist. It has pushed you to greatness. It has made you who you are. I know your parents. They didn't push you to that level of greatness. Where do you think it comes from? I don't know. <laughs> Was it because they didn't? No, because I remember going to school once and I was sick and mom was like, will you please stay home? I'm like, I can't. I'll have too much work to do when I go back. I just think sometimes people are just made the way they're made. 
Sure. Because you said there once. There is nature. You said once, and because I took this compliment to heart. Oh, okay, good. No. I'll say, don't throw my words back in no. my face. <laughs> you said you I wished you would have had me on your volleyball team. And I'm like, Jay, oh, gosh, I can't yes. play volleyball, but it's because I'm competitive. Mm-hmm. And oh. I'm trying not to be a perfectionist now, this year, last year. I'm working on it. I'm trying to get bees. That's that same grace you spoke about with Ethan yes. and Brian. Yes. You're trying to get bees. Did you just say that? <laughs> <laughs> there was one time when I was going to take trig again just so I could get an A. You should take a CCAC right? trig class. I signed up for it. My last semester at Duquesne, I had to take a math or a science. And it was I could take one class, pass, fail. So I signed up for trig. And I went in the first day and the professor had the syllabus all laid out. Assignments every week, tests every week. I was like, this is way too much work to pass, fail. Nope. <laughs> Ended up taking physics in the modern world and got a pass. And I would have got an A. So I was mad. Mm. I wasted an A on a pass. <laughs> but you're not bitter. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> Talking yourself into that, no. Uh, I'm over the B, though. I, am. I, I think, too, a lot of times firstborn kids are, um, you know, it's, it, it is kind of a trait where you do push for perfection. You do push for, um, you know, to be above and beyond. And I just hear... I don't know when I learned this. I just am who I am. Take me or leave me. I can't change. This is, I try to be a better listener. Mm -hmm. I try to pay attention better because sometimes my mind goes, Mm -hmm. but if maybe that's because I'm a first, I don't know why I am the way I am, but this is me. Well, it looks like by the comments on Facebook live that (laughs) you've impacted, (laughs) like you've impacted quite a few people. I don't even want to (laughs) know. See, I don't want attention. <laughs> yeah, even though that was your highest. Yeah. We'll have to delve into that another time. Yeah, I was going to say, why would the, if she doesn't want attention, why would that be the highest on her list? Because that's how she answered the questions. Um, sure. <laughs> uh, but if you think about it, whether you, I don't know if you don't want attention or you don't want to want attention, because if you look at the roles you've had in your life, lead canter, director of musicals. Trainer at work, wife. Now you didn't. I didn't really thrust. direct the musicals. I produced them. I didn't direct them. <laughs> Sorry, um, and I know there's a difference, but you've been thrust into lots of high-profile positions, like a brigadier general's wife. Um, help me understand more, because I only know that you would do trainings and stuff like that. When in these last couple of years, when you went from colonel to general. The added responsibility that got thrust onto you in, in helping other chaplains' wives get through life as a wife of a chaplain. That was hard because I didn't feel like I was a traditional chaplain's wife. Because you didn't. Because when Bob came home and said, ML, I want to join the army, I said, oh, Bob, please don't. Because <laughs> he, mm-hmm. he had, was already busy enough and we had mm. all this stuff going on. So, And a lot of other chaplains' wives feel they have a calling. <laughs> and I said, well, and I said this, like we would talk, the general officer chaplain spouses would go talk to the very newest chaplain spouses. And I was very anxious about that. And, and, and the chief of chaplain's spouse got up there and talked about her calling. And she knew from age 12 <laughs> or 13 that she was called to You're a ministry. And I'm sitting there and I just got up. I just said, look. That was lovely. I said, all I can tell you is that I went kicking and screaming into the call. Mm-hmm. But I think people need probably needed to hear that. 
People have said that, that a lot of people probably re- like relate to that. Yeah. I was very anxious about that because I I am not phony. I always say, like, I would lose at poker mm-hmm. because I don't have a poker face. So I couldn't get up there and say to these chaplain, these baby chaplain spouses, mm-hmm. oh, it's all going to be fine because it wasn't. Right. But that that's probably what made you great for that position because if your strengths are – authenticism and leadership much like your your little brother then like that's what was needed even though you didn't feel maybe called to that specific position you were called to that role wherever you within were. the position yeah apparently mm-hmm. that's was one of the good things about bob and me is that we just were who we were that we didn't let his rank define us right they say that in the christian world as far as Christian leaders go, there's two types of leaders. One is two types of good leaders. The one that is all polished and they have all the schooling and they and they know everything and they can quote every Bible verse and they give all the money and they're very successful. And everybody looks at them and says, man, I wish I could be like them, but I could never be like them. And then there's the one who does the very best they can, gives 100%, but falls short all the time, but gets up tries again the next day and just has a heart of gold working as hard as they can. And people go, I could be like that guy. Mm-hmm. You know, that's attainable. And that's sort of what you're saying. You weren't the high polished, you know, quoting yeah. army regulations and There's lifting up a flag. There's an army spouse book. There's a book on how to be an mm-hmm. army chaplain spouse. Mm. How much of it did you read? There it is. <laughs> <laughs> that's that fiercely independent I sister of mine. I might have looked at the mine. table of contents. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Anything else for our, my lovely Well, sister? I was just, I, I, wanted to, I wanted to look at what time, like, I'm looking at the time here because there's so much I do want to talk about. Um, again, my, um, my wife, um, grew up, you know, in the military. Her dad was a retired brigadier general from the Air Force. Yes. And her mom was very much the Air Force officer wife with the hosting of the parties. And her mom dealt with so many personal issues that she put aside in order to be that perfect officer's wife and play that part. And I think in, in, in a lot of cases to the detriment of herself, um, she passed away. I don't know. It's, it's been 12, 13 years now at this point, but um, you know, I think one of the things is that Alexis grew so close to her mom because of all the moving, they moved every two years, three at the most. And um, you know, so I'm just, th- I'm thinking about her journey. I'm thinking about your journey with your kids. And, um, and, and even now my father-in-law remarried, but he married an officer, another officer's wife, you know, she, and she did the, she was very much that officer's wife with two kids of her own. Um, and, and just the challenges that come with being that officer's wife. I mean, it's, it's, it's an unbelievable job in itself. And then, so to hear that you had other things that you did, um, is crazy. And, you know, we talked a little bit a couple of weeks ago about the gold star events and, you know, it, uh, you know, so I, I like, there's a lot we could talk about. I don't know if we want to continue to go. We probably should, you know, save it for a, we'll save it for the next time she's save on it for a round two. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, yes. we, when she drags Jan in here for a month. <laughs> let jan get it out. i think we have to mention jan being on the podcast every week i think it just has to be until she she gets until she here. gets her month of yeah. uh, venting out because you know what we can do okay but you know what if jan was here we would all do, do better. better we would do better who's leading off today not me because i gotta can't do better so uh, i've got a, a mix 
Jay. Well, I have a mix as well. Jay's got the do better. I will go. And mine is, this is the ever elusive, do better, can't do better, do better. Do better. <laughs> Dateline. Ding. Ding. Florida. No way. Yes. Florida man stole. Something down his pants. No, I wish. Uh. One girlfriend's ring. To propose to the other girlfriend. <laughs> oh, no. Florida man is on the run. Ooh, even better. Wow. After stealing one girlfriend's old engagement ring so he could use it to propose to his other girlfriend, <laughs> authorities said. Joseph Davis, 48, is wanted on grand theft charge after allegedly betraying two girlfriends he met on the dating site. Okay, Cupid, the Volusia County Sheriff's Department said in a statement. Maybe I shouldn't be ageist, but 48? I imagine this dude was like 17. Nope. He used the alias Joe Brown with one girlfriend and Marcus Brown <laughs> with the others. So, number one. There's a lot in there, do man. Do better. Don't be stealing from one girlfriend to give the other. That's what I say as an emotional needs guy. Do better. That's not a good way to love somebody. No. From a guy's perspective, it's kind of a nice touch. Wow. <laughs> you steal a ring from one to give to another. It's sort of like a Robin Hood. But my favorite part is he went on the run. There's just, he went on the land. He's like, like I'm out. <laughs> like, I, so maybe it is. Do just, better. Can't do better. But he got caught. So do, do better, better. But he just jetted. Dude. Can't do better. That's all over the place. Beautiful. <laughs> and scary. Well, mine is a... A can't do better, but there are definitely, there's at least one, probably two do betters in here. Dateline, Florida. I know, I know. Sorry, Aunt Shirley. The headline is, quote, I was going to be a mashed potato. Oh, yeah. Florida boy recounts garbage truck horror. Oh, yes. A Florida boy's attempt to hide in a trash can almost turned tragic when it was picked up by a garbage truck and nearly sent into the choppers as the blades turned on. Little Uh, Toy Story action. Yeah, right. (laughs) I was thinking this might be the end for me. Seven-year-old Elias Cazada uh, told the NBC station in Tampa. That's Elias. Go ahead. Uh, Sure. I don't know. I almost thought I was going to be a mashed potato. But then... A sharp-eyed driver, and this, of course, is the can't-do-better. Ah. A sharp-eyed driver named Waldo Fidel spotted the boy in the truck's surveillance camera and rushed to turn the choppers off. It was a bad day for me, Fidel told uh, Fox News in Tampa. I was scared. I was trying to kill that kid. <laughs> <laughs> My conscience got the better of me. Uh, luckily, he was able to act in time. for meddling kids. <laughs> Yeah. Elias' grandmother was watching him. What was her name? And uh, um, <laughs> Carmen Salazar. In a minute, he went out. This is her quote. In a minute, he went out. Next thing I hear is the sound of the truck and a guy screaming. Mm. So apparently it happened quickly. There may be a do, you know, a, a do better in there for grandma. Yeah. And also, I mean, the seven-year-old boy, you don't have Come a trash on. can. Somewhere in there, Come somebody's got to do better. Do you know there what? are a lot of other things that you can play with. <laughs> Besides a trash, trash can. can and old refrigerators, those old refrigerator. are those are off. Let's just not yeah. do that, right? So men in ice cream offering candy, yeah. <laughs> people in people in white vans. Yeah. We, we don't do these well, things. And does it say what his supervisor said when he got back to the shop? Uh, no, he said, "Where's Waldo?" <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, 
in the end, everybody was fine, but my goodness. No, I know I was, uh, you had, you had shared that a little bit before the podcast and like as a former delivery driver, as a former professional driver, like that stuff just gives me, I mean, as a human being, but sure. like I was telling you guys, I, we, we used to take, um, uh, like driver's safety courses. And there's this one image that sticks out to me of this little kid stuck in the wheel well of a, of a dump truck, like mm. a big, you know, triaxle dump truck. And like, cause, and, and the point is make sure before you start your truck, you do a walk around. Cause every single time you start that vehicle, you have a loaded weapon, you know, and, and like, man. Like I, I give so much, so much props to, for the awareness that right that, for that, him that, checking his cameras yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. yeah, that's that's that is a can do amazing. better. That's yeah. amazing. I'm just looking at your eyes. Oh. <laughs> so I got a can't do. I got a can't do better. Um, that I think Eric sent Chicago restaurant owner Dateline Chicago. <laughs> Ding. Ding. <laughs> Actually, he was in Florida. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> Chicago restaurant owner buying out tamale vendors' inventory to get them out of the cold and mm. feed the homeless. There you go. A restaurant owner in Chicago has been buying out all the tamales he can from vendors selling outside in frigid winter temperatures and donating the food to feed people in need. I'm going out every morning and buying out tamale vendors so that they can go home and get out of the cold for the day, said Robert Maggiet, owner of Fusion Restaurant. Takoria Cochina. He is also glad to help vendors to be able to go home and get out of the nasty wonder, wet weather. Um, so far, Maggiet has bought out more than 10 vendors with contributions from the community. Um, so he's kind of doing two things at once. He's, it's a double do, can't do better. It is a double can't do better. Can't that's do that's better. pretty awesome. That's awesome. It's oddly specific, though, just going for tamales. Yeah. Like, that's all he's interested like, in. We have tacos. He's like, no, <laughs> no, no, tamales. <laughs> He's like, I can't buy out everybody. I'm, I'm going to focus on the tamales. Right, yeah, he's right. starting somewhere. He's That's got good. that niche. A little known fact, it's one guy with six tamales. <laughs> <laughs> How many tamale vendors can there be? Well, he said, there? what? He's like 10 vendors so far, he's right? He's bought out 10 vendors, yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Who knew? So you can't do better. Chicago, tamale capital of the world. That's what they say. That's what I hear. <laughs> um, that's it for episode 102. Please make sure to give us a like or follow on social media and visit us at lunchtimeinrome.com. While there, please do take our relational needs questionnaire. Thanks for joining us at the table for Lunchtime in Rome. Bye. Bye. See you next time. Bye. Because he put his finger in a, in a... It's really rubbing me raw right now. Right. Eight pieces of bacon. I don't have really a bone in my body to help. Hey, lighten up. Have more fun. They're like heavy, Amy's, man. They're right, heavy. They, they are, and they were having this deal. <laughs>